Welcome to the Connection Podcast. I'm Jason Keister, the show's producer, here with hosts Drew Boreen and Lexi DeLuna. Let's get ready to connect with somebody new today. Welcome to the Connection Podcast. This is a special episode. They're all special in their own way. We have Javin Gray here for an interview, and we have a new guest host. That would be Kirk Blair. Hello, hello. And then we have a returning guest host, uh, Tina Marchant. It's good to be here. All right, guys, getting us started off here. Kirk and I were just at University of Oregon baseball game, and we were watching the batters come up, and we were just thinking, if you were walking up to the plate, let's say playing baseball, or you could say getting ready to tee off playing golf, whatever thing you do, what would be your walk-up music? Let's go, let's go Javin, and then we'll go around the room here. All right, so <clears throat> I kind of have a walk-up song for when I'm doing something competitive, um, and it's all gold everything, uh, clean version by Trinidad James. Um, it really just gets me to a place where I can make sure that I'm doing my best um, and competing to the best of my ability. All right, let's go. Let's go, Kirk. What is your walk-up music? See, this is a tough question for me because it kind of depends on what I'm doing. Um, music for me is a very mood-oriented thing. So if I'm like going riding, there's a couple of intros to riding videos that throw me there, and it feels it's awesome, get you going. Um, I like "In the Zone" by Pilo and stuff. If you're gonna, I mean, obviously I did it, people. But um, <laughs> if you're gonna be playing basketball or trying to get jacked up and excited about something, um, if I was gonna. Like wakeboarding and stuff on the lake, we like oldies music, and it's kind of weird, but we love like oldies and seventies rock. Like it's just awesome. It's a vibe, you know. And I hate using that word, but it is what it is. And then, um, I guess to me, I don't know. It just depends on what I'm doing, to be honest with you. Okay, so you're going out boating, and the the Beach Boys is your walk up. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's, That's another, that yeah. or some good reggae or something. Ooh. <laughs> I can, I can That's what I'm saying. That. It just yeah. depends on what you're doing. You got to have the That's right true. music for the mood, you know. We're talking baseball, though. If you're walking up to the plate. The pillow. That's what's up. <laughs> In the zone. Let's go. I would say for me, walking up to the first tee playing golf, back in black, ACDC. Oh, that's oh, always a classic, good. dude. That, see, that could be almost idiom. That's awesome. Good call. Yep, yep. Yeah, it just feels like I can do a little more than I actually can. So I'm, I'm into it. What about you, Tina? Yeah, oh, it's easy. Going back to the 80s, girls just want to have fun. Well, Every time. Okay. Come on now. I just showed my girls that movie yesterday. I don't know if they dug it as much as I did, but... It's funny how that old stuff is so cool to us, and it's just not as cool as when you thought <laughs> they're it was. Like, <laughs> what is happening yeah. right now? Isn't that, as, that is so relatable, though. Can you, can you think of something else, like a movie, something like that, that you were so... All Dogs Go to Heaven? Kids do? Yeah. <laughs> that movie's <laughs> terrible, dude. Like, when <laughs> as a kid, we thought it was it's awesome. Really bad. Like, <laughs> There are those movies and things like that where you're, you're so excited and then you introduce your kids and they're like, eh, meh, that was all right. Oh, pretty much any movie from the 80s, Back Basically. to the Future, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like things we actually thought were good and the kids are like, what were you guys doing there? <laughs> even The Lion King with my kids, they don't even like watching The what? Lion King. I'm like, what? This is my favorite movie when That's I was four or five years old. See, I, I, Back to the Future, my kids liked it, but there's a word they say. Yeah, there's a lot of words in there. <laughs> yeah, like, on a lot of movies, though, not just that one. Because uh, well, we used to watch them on TV, and they used to be edited, right? Like, now yeah, everything's TV, streaming. There's yeah. no editing anymore. And I, I'm like, whoa, this is in here? 
I had no idea. Yeah. There, there is a certain word that Owen said like 240 times <laughs> after he heard it. Whoops. So, <clears throat> hard to walk that one back. <laughs> All right, Javin. So you're relatively new to our ward, but a lot of people in the area know you. Mm -hmm. um, can you give an intro, like <clears throat> what you would do in a new ward? You're, you're telling about yourself and your family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Javin Gray. Again, uh, I grew up in the Springfield 5th Ward, which is why a lot of people know who I am. Uh, I think I was in 5th Ward from the age of 3, maybe 4, to 18 when I went to college. Um, and then went to school, uh, worked for a little bit, and we came back. And then we were in Springfield 2nd Ward for a little bit, and then we moved to Santa Clara 6th Ward. And then now we're back in the Springfield Stake and Springfield 3rd Ward. Um, married to Erica Gray, and uh, yeah, we're high school sweethearts. <clears throat> we have four kids: Sophronia's five, Lucy's three, Odin's two, and uh, my last one—I'm forgetting her name real quick. <laughs> uh, 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 Grace, Grace. She's only ten months old. She's only ten months old. So. Um, and Lucy's so, yeah. a little spitfire. So that's and the Lucy, <laughs> yeah, she takes up a lot of the attention. So. Grace is a sweetheart. Yeah, she's she's a great baby. Take a little sip of Diet Mountain Dew here. Get ready. Um, Diet Mountain Dew should uh, sponsor our show. <laughs> Just Taylor throw that Swift, out there. The amount of yeah, time we have given Taylor Swift, and she has not asked to endorse our show, is just it's a little trembling it's awful yeah. <laughs> um anyway let, let's go around the room here because we all had a lot of interesting things we wanted to talk to Javin about let's start with tina what what did you want to talk about today um one of these stories that Javin put on his little interview she was um becoming an amateur sneakerhead <laughs> i want to know more about that because i have no idea like no clue yeah so in high school um you know around here we're all nike you know, it feels that way anyway to me. And, you know, we'd always go to the Nike store growing up, and that's what we got. And there's nothing in particular that you would get. You would just find something you like, and then, you know, that's what you wear. Uh, I went to school right out of high school uh, to an HBCU, a historically black college um, in Virginia. Um, and in the DMV, uh, the DMV on the East Coast stands for the District of Columbia, Maryland, and Virginia. So it's kind of this um, area where a lot of kids come from that go to Hampton University. And in the DMV, uh, being a sneakerhead is kind of like a status symbol. And so um, I kind of got dabbled in that, I should say, <laughs> where I'd learn from my friends like what you should buy. So. Like I said at the beginning, you kind of just go for what you want here, right? Or if it's cool or not. But there, there's certain things that are cool, certain things that are not. <laughs> certain things that are worth something, certain things that are not. So, um, foam posits or this or type foam posits. Yeah, J's, foam posits, uh, KD's, um, things like LeBron's. So there's certain, so like LeBron has like 30 shoes, right? And so there's like three of them that are considered cool. Jordan has like, a hundred shoes and there's like three that are considered cool in the that hold their value that are yeah sneakerheads love yeah. right like yeah. there's those go-tos and so um so yes yeah, so a lot of my friends were really into 
into the sneakers and finding deals um, and then flipping them. And so I, I, back then we used Craigslist a lot more. <laughs> and so that's how I found a lot of those deals. I wasn't on eBay. I didn't like paying for shipping, things like that. And so in that area, there's a lot more of these uh, type of rare shoes. And so, um, which is funny because Nike's here and they buy all these kind of shoes over there. Like if you go on Facebook Marketplace now, the stuff you're finding is like from the Oregon athletes. But over there, they buy it from Nike or they, they actually wait in lines and go buy them at the mall, you know, and it's a big thing. Um, so yeah, no, I re- I really enjoyed that part of um, what I learned. <laughs> I consider it a learning experience. Flipping uh, flipping shoes and making money that way. We we're kind of talking about uh, Brandon. I think it was before that. And, oh yeah, Brandon uh, used to buy shoes in my seminary class. Yeah, so it sounds <laughs> like he was a little bit into it. But for me, growing up, I didn't do that. I just went to the Nike store and I got what was cool. So, to me. Uh, I was yeah. intro into that in high school when my shoes that I've been wearing for four years playing high school ball, uh, somebody said, hey, I'll pay you $700. Oh, my <laughs> so, goodness. Geez. And they were the air penny foam posits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why. Uh-huh. Foam posits. Yeah. I flipped a lot of foam posits. Yeah. I Those are big. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> <laughs> And as a poor college student, you know, that was a way to make money. And technically, we weren't supposed to have jobs as student athletes. So, but a shoe dealer is okay. Shoe dealer, no way to track it. (laughs) (laughs) Cash only. You got into it to the point where you were spending your per diem. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Or these shoes. Yeah. So, a lot of times, uh, I don't know how they do it today, but when I was going to school, you got per diem. Uh, to buy food like when you went to track meets and stuff and uh, then a lot of us would go eat at McDonald's and get the McChickens for a dollar and then save our other thirty dollars to go buy other stuff and flip (laughs) so so yeah we were a lot of us were doing that yeah um tell me more about what it's like to attend a historically black college or university because i I think that it's a little more common for uh, white people and other races to attend those now. Mm -hmm. Um, But just, I have no clue what it's like to go to a place like that. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, a little bit. uh, Well, during the recruiting process, right, I was being recruited for track and field. And uh, I didn't know what an HBCU was (laughs) before Coach Lewis called me. And uh, I... the very first phone call I ever had uh, with the person that recruited me there, he offered me a full ride. And I was like, I do not know what historically black college is, but you're offering me a full ride. I'm going to take this into consideration, right? right. So, um, so yeah, the recruiting process, uh, my mom and I did a visit there. And we just felt like it was the right place to go. And so it wasn't something that I knew anything about before that. But actually attending there was great. I loved it. I have friends there um, who still actually live on campus pretty much. <laughs> They're still training and They're going to the Olympics. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't, I, I don't know how they do it, but yeah, no, I have lots of friends who ended up staying there. And, uh, track athletes. And yeah, going there was awesome. Yeah, lots of track athletes. Um, they're actually known for like uh, 
I'd be training next to an Olympic gold medalist. Serious? Uh, That's yeah. cool. She was a, in the 4x4, four four, Francina McCrory. And uh, lots of Olympians have come out of there, lots of Olympic medalists um, on the track side, no, not so much the field side. But, um, but yeah, actually going there was great. Loved it. All the professors were awesome. Um, the people uh, there were amazing. Uh, it was such a melting pot. It's a private university, and they had – at least one student from every state so like i remember meeting people from alaska and uh you know i'd be from oregon and they're like what are you doing here yeah. <laughs> i'm like i'm here on a track and field scholarship so but yeah things good um yeah it was awesome i really enjoyed it uh there was maybe 10 white kids on campus and me another kid on the track team the football quarterback and the whole girls bowling team so wow. yeah it was it pretty interesting here. it's just different yeah than we're used to yeah and it was about yeah. seven thousand students at that university mm. yeah and i was there for freshman sophomore year i'm still wondering though because you you show up and you you fit in great which mm-hmm. is really good to hear but you're still like one of 10 white kids yeah. in the whole school like yeah. what is that like uh it was definitely humbling um <laughs> especially coming from here like i remember when eric and i moved back here from texas we're like wow it's so white here (laughs) (laughs) so it was totally different um but honestly uh it was uh we didn't no one really saw color i mean there was few things that happened and things that were said but uh, most people didn't see color even though we were in a very southern state southern i mean emancipation oak uh, was on campus Uh, so there is a lot of um you know of that around but on campus um not a lot of talk about race or color or anything like that really happened so and it being a private school too is probably all athletes got along same ideas and that kind of thing for the most part a lot of you or um no um no, not I mean, probably five percent of the students were uh, athletes, gotcha. if not less. But yeah, but we had a football team, so I mean that's a hundred guys, <laughs> seven thousand, you know. So, but yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun. Did it did attending there? Um, did it change any paradigms or ways that you thought, or do you feel like you you came out of that experience different than you were before? Yeah. I mean, especially like politically, like, you know, we always, um, like Michelle Obama, I was there during the 2012, um, uh, president campaign. So that was when Mitt Romney and Obama, um, you know, were going at it for the presidency. Right. And, uh, Michelle or is it Michelle Obama? Yeah. Yeah. Michelle yeah. Obama. She came on campus a week before voting happened. And I was like one of three people who didn't show up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, uh, not that I had homework. Um, but, uh, sorry, Michelle. yeah, sorry, <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> uh, I had homework. I had, a, I had laundry to do, um, yeah. <laughs> things like that. But, um, but yeah, I think, uh, it really just opened my eyes to other ideas, you know, and I don't know if it shifted anything, but being more understanding of other views, absolutely. Um, being there. Yep. Yeah. I could see even just going back on that Michelle Obama experience, even if it doesn't change 
your alignment politically, just valuing the fact that this was such an important thing for everybody here. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, absolutely. Recognize that. Yeah. Just kind of a shift as to what you're accustomed to, per se. Yeah. No, absolutely. Let's, um, all right, let's give Kirk a shot here. You, Kirk rattled off probably 50 questions. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> we understand Devin and I are friends, and we work together as well, and I, we have conversations a lot. So when I got his um, you know, podcast notes, I was kind of like, well, I don't know, i got to dig a little deeper, I guess, because all these things are, like, I know yeah, a lot of this stuff Yeah, we talk a lot. Yeah, yeah Devin and I, we, we, every once in a while, like the last week, actually, he's like, oh, we got to get to back to work, dude. Stop yeah. talking. we gotta, we got stuff to do. Um out of curiosity, I kind of do know, but just for the people as well, um, what did you do in track? What did you excel at? What was your favorite thing? Um, how did you get that full ride scholarship? Yeah. Uh, so I started throwing in competitively in middle school. All three? throwing. All up? three. So when you're 10, 11 years old, you're throwing a turbo jav, um, which is like a plastic javelin that looks like a toy. Um, it's it's uh, developed a little bit since I was throwing it into like a longer, skinnier javelin. But anyway, so yeah, I started throwing javelin, shot, disc at the age of 11, 12. And then uh, I was pretty good at it. And so I decided to keep developing and getting better um yeah that name sounds pretty cool turbo jab yeah yeah <laughs> except for it's like not cool it's like, like through a little kitty plastic one but yeah. as a kid that's cool but now well, now, yeah. now when i walk by the middle school track i'm gonna are you throwing a turbo jab <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so so yeah anything else more specific you want to know about no, that i'm just curious what uh <laughs> it, which of the three are you best at which one got you? Uh, so at the end, the javelin was my best. Um, but I'm one of those rare people, kind of like Bailey uh, Tovey, uh, where she can throw all three and be pretty good. Um, usually people excel kind of only one. Yeah, usually two. people will specialize, especially with javelin. Um, like they're, you're either a javelin thrower or you're a shot disc person is usually how it goes because the body types to throw each is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, but yeah, I was able to be pretty good at all. I, yeah, I was able to go to nationals and in, in college for shot and jav. No, couldn't ever get the discus down, but yeah, I was okay at discus. I'd place at conference. Right. That's, that's Do you have any records or anything at the school or anything? Yeah, I still have the I still have the Thurston school record in the javelin. There you go. And then I have the school record at Texas A&M Kingsville as well. And. Uh, yeah, champion, a couple championships, things See, like that. See, that's what's yeah. up. Yeah. The man has taught me a lot about track, honestly. We have these conversations, and I don't yeah. know a ton about track. None of my family really ran or did track athlete, you know, events. And so I, oftentimes I ask Javin, like, a lot of stupid questions, <laughs> and he tells me, and he, I've learned a lot. And that's why I kind of learned a little bit about these activities as far as throwing from him. So, yeah. What? So along those lines, I was wondering, we were talking before the show, because we were just watching the state track meet, um, and I was sitting there Go watching Colts. the different javelin throwers, and some of them throw kind of with a low trajectory, and other people it seemed to be high. And I was curious, is there an ideal way to throw the javelin, and how are you taught? Yeah. Um, I was always told 35 degrees growing up. You want to just kind of hit that 35-degree angle um, as best as you can. Now, for me, technicalities like that don't really make sense. <clears throat> makes sense to me. I have to feel it. And, 
depending on the day, depending how my arm was feeling, depending how my body was feeling, uh, I either need to throw it um, a certain way. It's not anything I can really explain, <laughs> but it's just kind of a thing that I did. Your right? motion and how, how yeah. it's going. And how I practiced that week. I mean, there's so much... Uh, that went into it that I can't even really explain and then also the wind um, depending on how the wind is going um, like if the wind is coming from behind you just want to pretty much throw it as high as you can and just let the wind kind of carry it and then um, if there was a strong headwind you'd want to just throw it low and make it act like an airplane and just hope it hit the wind just right and had it glide up and I've only had a few times where I've ever, ever been able to do that perfectly and so when it does, so it, it goes far. Like, it is kind of like golf. It's a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little, a little bit. Trajectory. Get yeah. it out there. Yeah. yeah. And I wish I had a mind that could be more technically um, inclined. <laughs> but for me, it's just about just doing it. Yeah. And uh, feeling it and uh, being able to adjust to your environment. So. I feel like Javelin is naturally inclined to have accidents at some point. Mm-hmm. you remember any uh, stories there? Um, I don't have any personal ones um, where people have been hit with a javelin. I've seen people get hit with discus, and I've heard a lot about other javelin injuries. Um, One time I was throwing at Hayward Field before it is what it is now. The pole vault used to be really close Mm -hmm. to the javelin sector, and at one meet I was throwing really far to the right <laughs> letting go too early no. and they like wouldn't let pole vaulters go when i was throwing because because uh i can't remember what meat it was but it was yeah they're like and then they redesigned the whole thing and i think yeah. that's no longer an issue so that's funny yeah no, you don't need to be gnarly get hit yeah. from those uh, yeah yeah Col- my nephew colby was lamenting the middle school you know, toy javelin. And, he's, and I said, really though, would you trust any of your friends with something pointing? Like, let's be honest. Let's yeah. be, he's like, actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You mean the, the turbo jab? The turbo yeah, the turbo jab. jab. We have that term now. Yeah. Learn some. I thought it was a lawn dart, but we could go with turbo jab. Oh, turbo jab for days. Let's go with they should have just called lawn darts that. That sounds yeah, a lot cooler. That's way cooler. Yeah. yeah. Lawn yeah, darts. Turbo to everything. I have a set of lawn darts. All right. Oh, you have a set of turbo jabs. Turbo jabs, my yeah. bad. Yeah. Lawn darts are outlawed. These are turbo jabs. <laughs> I want to hear the, the <clears throat> meeting and starting to date Erica story. Yeah, so that happened. Sweethearts. That happened out in track. Um, what did she do in track? She was a thrower, high jumper. I didn't know uh, that. I think she tried hurdles. Yeah, so she didn't compete freshman year i don't know why i think she was more focused on cabaret but she came out sophomore year and uh there was one practice i don't know why but (laughs) she said something like whoever throws the farthest um gets to have my number or something like challenge accepted and so like all the other guys who were at javelin practice that day were like really trying to trying really hard i don't know why i i was like trying to act like i didn't even notice that she was saying anything obviously it's in the back of your head though you're like i mean kind of a little bit right and so um after that practice nothing happened um did you throw the farthest at that practice i mean obviously okay but so i i I didn't like go ask for her number or anything i had to know but uh (laughs) 
my friend Malachi was like, hey, here's Erica's number or something like that. Yeah, it was something funny. That's and awesome. so then we just started texting, and then um, by districts we were dating. So And then uh, we've been together ever since. So, yeah. Um, now, I, yeah. I believe is Erica is a convert to the church, is that She yeah. is, yeah. So how did that whole process work? <clears throat> yeah, so I was uh, June, maybe a senior year in college. Um, she, she just decided. Hmm? Did she go with you or stay here? No, no, we did long distance gotcha. for four years. Uh, but she was busy um, modeling and living overseas and in New York and LA and stuff. So, so we were both busy. So that's why we were able to make it work. But uh, back to the original question, um, her conversion story started my senior year in college. <clears throat> she had basically just told me that she wanted to become a member of the church, and I was like okay (laughs) (laughs) i guess um no uh she she she's like i want to take the missionary discussions i've been talking to your mom about it and i was like okay and so while i was at school she was taking these missionary discussions so i wasn't like super involved in it or anything but i'd get like updates like every week and so um so yeah during my senior year um i came home and I got to baptize Erica and confirm her a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And um, uh, three months later, we got married <laughs> and uh, civil. And then, um, yeah, I graduated school and we moved to Texas. And, uh, yeah, no, Erica, she she could tell you a little bit more about that but because uh, I wasn't super involved. But, yeah, we it was a really fun fun part of our lives and um yeah super special yeah not too many people get to baptize their future wife yeah yeah it was it was a lot of yeah it was very hectic time of our lives but lots going on but yeah it was it was really special tina what else do you want to talk about um, I wanted to ask a little bit about, because he says if, if time was not an issue, you would spend every day playing basketball. Balling yeah. it up. Yeah. So I yeah. want to know, kind of like, what does that look like? Because as an adult, like, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't played very much, like, team sports, because yeah. all of my sports are very team sports. So, like, yeah. I can't just go yeah. out and play a game of softball by myself. Like, that doesn't mm-hmm. really work. Um, so, like, this summer is the first time I've signed up to play in a league. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like, how have you um, kind of kept that going? Yeah. Um, of course I love to play like pickup ball at the church and stuff. Like that's the best. Um, but my first love was basketball. Like there's videos of me at like two years old just playing on those little um little taiko the little whatever. yeah, the little things I would just play for hours. So awesome. basketball has always been like my first love. Um and playing by myself. Like I, I don't do that very much anymore, but I would just go out and shoot. Um and so I don't know why basketball is my favorite. I, I just know that I'm naturally drawn to that. Um, and so You're when I saw that question, You're good. so when I saw that question, I was like, that's probably what I would do if I had a choice. I, I couldn't think of anything else <laughs> other than, you know, there's obvious ones, but if I had to, that's the one thing. Um, so as far as um, why, I don't know. <laughs> like we kind of lose sight of hobbies as but, we become parents. But basketball right. is one of those right. things. 
but you could do this in softball too. You could just go out there and hit. I mean, obviously it's a little bit harder. You need at least one other person to pitch to you or something, right? But in basketball, you could just go shoot and work on your game. And um, there's always little things that you can improve on. And that's what's great about basketball is you can develop by yourself. I mean, some of the greats do that. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Shaq, they were all in the gym, you know, just doing then they are by themselves, you know, a lot of those times working on their on their craft. So yeah. Or you could play a yeah. sweet city league team with your friend Kirk. That'd be cool. Yeah. City League's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we do cool stuff. City League's a lot of fun. Yeah, City League's been fun. That's a good time. Yeah. yeah. Especially when we win. Yep. Winning is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would it be as much fun if you were on a losing team though? Oh, we've been there. We've yeah. been there. We've been there. <clears throat> Many and right times. now we're on the dubs and it feels good. <laughs> yeah, we're on a roll. <laughs> we're doing good. We got a good squad. It's been fun. Yeah. I can see the appeal of team sports at our age though, honestly, because I I think that you see like you were saying, Tina, you see that there is this almost idea that you're a parent now. You don't like play competitive sports, it's not your thing, but well, it's just time too. Yeah. It's just the energy and time to do so. But for me it's honestly the only way I wanna get in shape is something competitive. Like mm-hmm. I don't, don't wanna be the best at exercise. Like yeah. I Exactly. Like, I wanna play a sport or you know, be Kirk at golf or <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Just kidding. You beat me all the time. Dude, Keister, we'll go play a round of golf. Short story. The other week we played a round of golf and he was like, let's make a little wager. We usually bet food or something, breakfast or whatever. And then he's like, kind of puts me in a position where I feel like I'm actually got him, right? He's like, oh, a little rusty. You've been playing bad, blah, blah, blah. Dude breaks out the best game he ever has. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me, dude. Needless to say, I lost. Yeah. But he played stellar. It was insane. I was like, thanks, dude. Way to set me up. Mm-hmm. So don't let him fool you. Motivate money <laughs> and food are great motivators, but beating your friends has got to be the first. Yeah, there's something about like sports that's just like a part of your identity. I think mm-hmm. like <clears throat> growing up is like that's all I did. It was like sports and school. That was it. What did so, you do in, as far as sports? What did you play? When I was little, I played everything: soccer, basketball. Um, See, some softball, just that way. volleyball, <clears throat> I did everything. Yeah. Um, when I hit high school, you know, like you don't have time, you can't play all the sports. So I did, I did volleyball and softball in high school. I remember the first time I ever met Tina. I was like seven or eight, maybe. And I just remember my grandma being like, "She's really good at softball." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, grandma. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I was explaining to my kids the other day because they were talking about going to state for track, and mm-hmm. I was like, "I've been to state," and they're like, "Really?" Like, you? Yeah, really? Yeah, I went wow. to state. <laughs> yeah. I know, my yeah, kids maybe are like, a mom so now, surprised. but listen. Yeah. They're like, "Listen, I was first team all state center field," and they're like, "I don't even know what that means." <laughs> don't worry about it, kid. Don't you got a room to clean or something? Get out of here. I was kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal. I got a medal. I'll show it to you later. That's awesome. That's cool. So you're doing softball. Yeah. 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 Just a casual league. I don't know how competitive it is. Slow pitch. I've never even touched a slow pitch ball. I feel like softball could be either It's a lot of fun. I know. (laughs) I don't even know who's on my team, so we're going with it. I want to put together a softball team sometime. That would be fun. I got a couple of buddies that are pretty competitive yeah. to play it. All right, Kirk, we're back around the table to you. Oh, goodness sakes. You only um, have 99 questions left. <laughs> well, we've an- honestly, some have been answered already, which is awesome. Right. Um, 
Let's let's talk about vacations. I mm-hmm. know this guy; he's an aficionado of vacations. Okay, he's been to a lot of cool places. We do talk about that. <laughs> I vacationed with Javin one time. See, exactly. Yeah, when I was first Weird. Married, Somebody was else like in this room is yeah. vacationed with this guy. Yeah. Weird. Um, <laughs> where somewhere fun that you have been, the mm-hmm. memorable vacation, like somewhere destination, whatever. Like yeah. I know you went to Dubai. I don't know if that's the one you would want to say, but <laughs> um, and or where would you want to go next? What are you thinking? What's on your radar as far as a vacation yeah. destination? So we went to Dubai because Erica used to live there and she was like, we have to go back. And honestly, that was a super fun vacation, but it was way too short. We were only there for three days or something like that. And it it takes 24 just to get over (laughs) there. So we were like, and I was like feeling pretty sick and it was was super fun, but it was, it was hard on my body. Um, But the most relaxing, most fun vacation I can think of right now is when we went to Aruba, Erica and I, that was super fun. Definitely recommend it. Um, they, it's a super small island. You can get all the way around it in like an hour, if I remember right. You can rent Jeeps, and it's pretty. They have the best beaches in the world, according to some people. Um, and, uh, yeah, super relaxing. But if I there's somewhere I want to go, it's the Maldives or Maldives. I don't know how you say it. But just the way the water looks and the bungalows. Yeah. I know it takes like 36 hours to fly there. So but you need a few more days this time. Yeah. yeah. You got to <laughs> stay a week. I know it's pretty expensive, but that's that's on the bucket list. Nice. That's Who cool. knows when it's going to happen. Right. At least you got somewhere you want to go. Yeah. Right? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So. Maldives, yeah. that sounds cool. I like that. Yep. It's been on my bucket list since high school. I remember I did a like a presentation on uh, it was in miss jo- miss johnson's class her business class and she was like price out how much it's going to cost to get there how much how you're going to get there all this stuff and that's where i chose and so He's it's been, it's been on my bucket now. list yeah. since junior <laughs> year in high school it's like i already got a plan it's yeah. Yeah. Jar on your i mean that's the prices have <laughs> probably gone up five times since right. then i remember being kind of cheap back then but Tina, you like to to do it. It's been a little while, but what are some of your favorites? Um, If I had to choose a place to go back to tomorrow, it would be Italy, for sure. Like, it's a postcard there. It's so beautiful. There's so many things to see. We only, like, barely touched the tip of the iceberg on it. Um, did you guys recently, go to Rome or the coast? Or? Um, we, we did kind of a few different places, but we went to Rome and we went to Siena hmm. and we did, um, gosh, I can't even remember. We went to like four or five different places, but kind of in, we didn't go to the coast. Hmm. We didn't have enough time. We were only there for a week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But we hit some of the old wine country areas and drove through there and nice. so that was pretty cool. We just recently got back from the DR in January, so that was really cool. Alan oh, nice. got a, like a work bonus trip, which was amazing. Uh, rough. I know, I've never done an all-inclusive. I guess we'll go. It was really <laughs> I, guess so. I mean, That's telling awesome. them no, I don't want to drink for the 50th time during the day was, yeah. <laughs> was a little much. <laughs> the one time I had to carry my own towel, I was like, for real, guys? <laughs> That's awesome. What about you, Kirk? What's, what's, what are some of your favorite vacations? I'm down to go camping and run around. Probably yeah. one of my favorite vacations has been we went to uh, Hawaii where my brother lived at the time. So we got to go down there. Didn't have to pay for a rental car. Went to Costco, loaded his house up with food. And before we got down there, he was like, what do you guys want to do? You want to go do this? You want to go check out that? We should go see this. And I'm like, no, honestly, like Beach. we're just going to go down and hang out. Like, <laughs> yeah. We went down there, went golfing in the morning, and then came home, made lunch at his house, and then took all the golf stuff out, put the uh, like 
goggles and everything and beach stuff in the in his rig and drove up and went and hung out on the beach all day. And it was like Mona and I and myself we brought another one of my brothers, two brothers and me, and uh, it was awesome. Like it was, it was <laughs> relaxing, just chill, just did whatever. It was a good time. But one of the funnest, like, it's, you know, a lot of you guys know my dad and how we grew up. Like anytime we did anything or went on trips and did it, it was always like, gotta go, gotta do this, gotta be here, gotta yep. go get it. And it kind of yep. takes fun out of it sometimes. Sometimes it's cool just to be like, nah, we're just gonna go sit on the beach and go swim. Like, hang out. Yeah, you gotta that's have okay. like nothing yep. days where you can right. just go chill. Yeah. Well, we did like nothing days for like five days. And it was yeah, that's awesome. Nice. And it was budget friendly because we were at my brother's yep. house, didn't have to rent a car, a couple hundred bucks on food. Best trip ever. Yeah. <laughs> what, what island did we live on? Uh, the big uh, one, the big one, the big one. The big one. Yeah, it's like the big one. <laughs> the big one. We went to Mona and I went to one on another Pearl fun Harbor vacation. Though? Though. Yeah, I've been there before. Yeah. yeah, I've been on another trip to Pearl Harbor. My, that's cool. We place. just Mona and I did just want a trip to the big island not that long ago. That's why that popped in my head. That was fun too. That was actually a really cool trip. Her uh, dad took us there. I know we had to do it by our plane tickets. He's like, "I go to hell, so you just get there." It was pretty fun. It was awesome. That's awesome. And her, a lot of her, couple of her siblings came and everything was awesome. Well, that, that actually brings up a question. I'm putting you guys all on the spot right okay. now, so apologies for that. Um, but Camille and I were actually talking about this appropriately as we're entering in for the summer, right? And we were looking at everything we have lined up, and there's so much sense of obligation as you head into the summer. There's, oh, we signed up to do girls camp. We signed up to do encampment we have to visit family this year because X, Y, and Z. And we brought up the thought of, first of all, most of the time, I don't want to say all the time, but most of the time visiting family is not vacation. Right. Can we agree on that? Okay. To an extent. I mean, it's a good time to catch up, but sometimes it's a lot of work. Yeah. Taking the kids is also a lot of work, which is why some yeah. of the best ones have been without the kids. That's and, because they're not vacations and you take kids, they're just tricks. And, and here's the question I have. Is it okay to pray about what you should do for a vacation or what you should do for your summer? Why not? That was, that was my question. I would say, yeah. I would say, obviously, you can guide your family in what feels right and where you want to be and what you want to do. Um, it would be easy to kind of muddy the waters, you might say, of too many things to do or this and that and distract from family or what's important so, I mean it's like it's going to overbear what you were going to try to do or what you were thinking in your head or what feels right like you wouldn't want to be doing something that isn't family or and be like I should hang out with my family more you know like if that's your feeling then you probably should do that yeah I like that what do you think Jevin uh yeah a lot of times when we think about summer it's uh how can we figure a way to make this work for everybody. You know, we have four young kids, <laughs> five, three, two, and almost one. Um, and a lot of times that is uh, Erica and I going somewhere for a little bit. So, so yeah, um, absolutely. I think we should be uh, thinking about what, what, those things we're going to do throughout the summer and pretty much all year long but yeah specifically the summer when there's a lot going on there is family uh that is involved so, mm -hmm. yeah what I about you, you oh yeah go sorry ahead. i was just gonna say with that when you said maybe think of like i find as you get older too um you got different events pulling you different ways one family's doing a reunion and the other family is or isn't you have this kind of you got to define what time you're going to spend where it's a little hard yeah. to get older kind of too. That, that's where the thought came up because i looked at our summer calendar and we we're kind of talking about what do we do and we already have 
pretty much every single day in the summer, something's in pencil in our calendar. Yeah. And it's, it's not a matter of deciding how to use the time, it's deciding you know, how to make time for certain things. Right. Yeah. I also feel like with the age of a lot of our kids, like his are, yeah. Javins are a little younger than ours too, but mine are young as well, but it's also the season that we're in. Like yeah. it's kind of, I don't know that you're gonna be able to get around that right now. Yeah. You know, as far as time, but sorry, what was your... Yeah, I, w I was wondering what you thought, Tina, about that idea of, you know, taking it to God. Yeah, um, I think for me, the prayer would look more like, you know, am I gonna be able to handle this? kind of thing, right? Like, if, if this is going to be too much stress for like, well, because my kids are older, right? right? So they all have their own activities. So it's more like, how do I get them to their activities and all the things that they want to do during the summer and then still have family yeah. things yeah. going on? Um, and it gets harder too, because now they have jobs, right? So then we have to work that in and around that. Yeah. Um, but I think that my prayer would look more like, am I trying to do too much? Yeah. And it's going to cause a problem in my family. You know, and I think it would have to be more personal. Like, is this really going to put me over the top and I'm going to be a bad mom at that point? You know, like, can I handle everything that's going on? <laughs> like, if I put it on the calendars, it, is it going to be able to, you know, make it happen or not? But A lot of time frames to juggle. Yeah. yeah. But I think the Lord talks to us better that way, like, on our own individual yeah. feelings, you know, instead of, is this thing okay to do? I think it's more like, is this going to be bad for my well-being or my family's well-being like i feel like you get better answers that way <clears throat> that's an, that's another thing you've you've taught me now because i i remember back to your episode talking about being a butterfly versus a jackhammer mm -hmm. yeah and now i i not that i don't do it but i sit and think back to you you know what we were talking about if i'm being a little too much of a jackhammer i'm like let's <clears throat> time to back off and be a little more butterfly for a minute <laughs> so I like that though. I mean, I asked it because we ended up praying about it and we said, all right, this summer we just were loaded with church activities and family stuff, but Owen's been wanting to go to New York for five years and we haven't had a family cruise where we just chill, like you were saying, Kirk, and, and don't have an agenda for every hour. So we said next year, we're just, we're already going to plan those two things and we're going to tell family, sorry, we can't do it this summer. Um, and it's I think okay some, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think sometimes you have to. It's like, yeah, you're sacrificing some time with other people, but you know who's really important in your life and prioritizing that. Cool, like it. All right, Javin, your favorite color? Why is everyone's favorite color blue? Yeah, no kidding. What's up? <laughs> why is your favorite color blue? <laughs> um, I don't know why. Really, uh, my. First color that I remember liking is red, because uh, I like the red Power Ranger. But then, uh, oh, wow. but then, uh, I'd always be the red awesome. one on the trampoline, right? <laughs> right. Uh, that's the first memory I remember as far as color. And then I remember Tyler Bradford moved into the ward, and his favorite color was red. And so I had to change mine because I couldn't be the same as Tyler. Uh, so then I chose blue. <laughs> that's that's my memory of life. Blue my favorite color. The next time I throw on Power Rangers, I'll, I'll think about you. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big thing when I was five, six years old was the Power Rangers. I don't I don't ever remember watching a Power Rangers episode, but for some reason it was a big thing. It's funny some such a phase is out. Dude, totally gone. Yeah. You know? Like, 
Well, I don't know. It comes back. My youngest was way into Power Rangers, but like the Dino Power ones. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I now there's like it. 30 offshoots of Power Rangers. Really. Yeah, it's so crazy. But it's not the same as like something like Legos. That's just timeless. That's true. That That's true. Our parents pretty much had and we had it. It's like, how? Yeah. Yeah. How is that standing the test of time? It never goes like, away. You know, like there's things. Anyways. But We're back to Tina. What, what other questions do you have? Um... Okay, because I've been in this calling before, so I want to know why your favorite calling was the 11-year-old Boy Scout co-leader, because when I was in that calling, not my favorite. Not my favorite. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> so when I was called to this, uh, it was basically my first calling right out of uh, college in Waco, Texas, and, uh, and we just had a really good group. Uh, the boys were willing to learn, um, and I, <clears throat> my co-leader had been the leader for like 30 some years some crazy oh, wow. amount and so he already knew boom 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 i was there for support i can support right i don't i didn't have to you know come up with any game plans or anything like that so that's why it was my favorite because i could be the support <laughs> so yeah but i could see why it could be hard especially if it's like a certain Certain boys are the rowdy or not willing to learn. So, yeah, it was kind of a, a shocker for me because I don't know if you guys know Andrew very well, but he's not like typical boy. So he's always been a lot more mellow and just kind of chill. And so, like, I'm used to Believe him. It. Like, yeah. he, you know, when I took my kids out in public, Brooke would run into the street, <coughs> but Andrew would always stand right next to me. You know, like it's just that kind of kid, like. He likes to follow the rules, and it's always been that way. So I get in there with a, a whole group of nine-year-old Cub Scouts, like and I'm like, cats. I'm so done with this. Like, after the first day. Like, go to the gym. Cub yeah. camp. Yeah. I was like, good night. Go learn from Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember 11-year-old Scouts, uh, Roland Westover was our uh, leader, and we always got to go to his house, and he had his own scouting sh- it wasn't a shed, it was a building. Have you guys ever been out there? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Oh, man. Did he have a pool and stuff out there? Yeah, too? he had a pool. I don't know if we ever got to go in the pool. I don't remember that. But that was a lot of fun. So He was big in scouting, though. Yeah. He was a big dog on a the scout yeah. committee or something here. Yeah. yeah. What else What else you want to talk about, Kirk? I don't have anything that pops in my head. Uh, most of my notes have been pretty well answered. One of the questions I guess I would have is, um, what's the most, you said being a dad mm-hmm. um, is one of the most interesting things you're learning about currently, like just because of life and what that looks like in day-to-day routines and the learning curves that all that is. Is that what you thought? Yeah. Or is that... Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's anything that can quite prepare you to be a dad. Nothing. Um, Not a thing. It's kind of one of those things that <laughs> you just have to I'm adapt just... and uh, <laughs> yeah. learn on the go, right? Um, which I'm pretty good at, I feel like. I would say, uh, yeah. But I just know it's going to get harder, <laughs> especially with three girls. Yeah, we were talking um, about this today, actually. Yeah. The yeah. church team and I were like, nobody ever in their life said they want three teenage girls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mine are going to be pretty close. But, um, but yeah, I just think that it challenges me and forces me to um, stop and think about my next action sometimes. Right. It's and interesting how near they are to pick up on things too. You're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I said that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's really, it, you know, makes you mature pretty quickly. And, um, yeah, it's great though. Always, always a new challenge. So something 
uh, always going on. Yeah. It's always humbling when you have to go back yeah. and apologize to your kids too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I didn't handle that very well. Yeah. But just remember, there's no manual. This yeah. is my yeah. first time too, so exactly. let's try again. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I think our I try to help my kids. We've brought this up on the podcast before. I I try to help my kids understand that that I'm still learning to do this, and my parents were learning to do this when they were raising me. Um, and I think as they get older, they can appreciate that actually the vulnerability of saying I mess up on stuff, and I might have specifically messed up on this one thing. Because um, yeah, we're just learning. Now, when you do get more advanced as a dad, you do eventually buy like New Balance shoes and yeah, you know, cutoffs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like khaki shoes. I don't know if you're at that point socks. yet or <laughs> zip off pants. Yeah. You gotta have those. Yeah, yeah. Maybe fanny pack. And dad jokes, clutch all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta have the dad jokes like prepared at all times. How is how is just your upbringing in the church and the principles of the gospel that you've learned, how has that affected how you parent? Yeah, no, uh, the church is amazing, honestly. The way I think we're all, we all grew up in the church, right? Yeah, so um, I think growing up in the church uh, instills principles and values that are unmatched anywhere else. Of course, there's other great people out there, but uh, the structure that the church provides to um, us growing up, um, I think is unmatched and really helps us um, succeed, you know, um, spiritually and um, civilly, um, and really puts us ahead of um, where we could be <laughs> if we mm-hmm. didn't have those, those um, in our lives. Um, and so uh, I'm really grateful for being able to say that I grew up in the church and I have my parents who were great examples to me and, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm always really grateful for what I've been given. Yeah. All right. We've been doing this lately and maybe we'll keep asking it for people that come on the show, but what do you like the most about your wife? My wife? Erica, she uh, she has more patience than maybe anyone I've ever seen before, <laughs> and so loving. Um, you know, in my household, we and I know you guys have kind of mentioned this in other podcasts where um, I can't remember which one specifically, but we talked about where uh, hugging wasn't really a thing, saying I love you. Wasn't, yeah. Um, and that's something in my house, not anything against my parents, but we just didn't do that. And so when I married Erica, uh, uh, she was like, we're doing that. I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I mean, it's all and now, you know, we're always hugging saying, I love you. And I think it's the best thing ever. Um, and so, you know, Erica really instilled that into our family and that's why I uh, love most about her. Mm-hmm. This is another question that came to mind more for the whole group. Because um, we get we we get married, um, you know, the, the sparks fly, we, we meet somebody we love, and then we're married for 10 years, 20 years. How do you continue to try to win your partner and, and keep that alive while you're juggling kids and all that stuff? Like, how do you make that happen? 
I would say one thing that I think helps in like my relationship is that Mona enjoys her craft, her work, um, her job is something she can do. Um, I think that having a you know these mothers at home and stuff is fantastic and the best thing ever. But they're also people too. Um, I think that they need to be recognized as a person. Um, she likes her job. She likes to going to work. Like she likes talking to adults. She likes yeah. you know. I mean, I don't know how else to say that other than to be their own person. Um, yeah. And it kind of like watching her be happy about something is a lot easier to be happier about everything. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it makes total like, sense. Yeah. Actually, I was I was talking to Stetson Bear about that earlier today, and he said one of the things that his dad taught him is he would always say to the kids, he would say, "That's your mom, but that's my wife." Yeah, like. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? I was trying to think of something different than what Kirk was saying, but um, <laughs> ditto. <laughs> yeah, right? that was so yeah. um, I was just thinking some of the. I try to do the little things, right? Like, because I am stay at home, so um, I'm at home more, and I know that Alan's not at home very much, and so I try to think about like, wouldn't it be nice if this was done at home for him? You know, so when I have to do tedious things like laundry or dishes oh, or, you know, yeah. like things that everybody, like who likes that stuff? <laughs> Nobody does, right? But that's kind of my job because I have the time and the space for it right now. Um, so as, as I'm folding his clothes or I'm like, these are not mine. I did not use them. Like <clears> this <throat> is not my job, right? But it is. And I think that that's one way that I tried to um, serve him and to show him that, that I care about his time and I care about him is to do those little things that maybe I don't know. They're noticed. Doing, they go a long ways. That's what's yeah. up. I mean, I agree with that. Or you know, making, the only other thing I would add as far as like in my situation, um, Mona is really good friends with Jason's wife, Camille, actually. And it's also let them go play and do whatever they want. You know, they go get into yeah. ice cream dates or they go golfing or whatever. And I think that's important that they have a friend at the time because it's easy usually in most cases i'll speak for myself for me to go with the boys and go to the lake or go fishing with my friends or do all these things and reluctantly i do it all the time and she's cool about it and everything like i respect it and i'm appreciative but i also need that there's a balance i need to know there's a balance there and that's why i'll never not say no to her golfing or going with her friend to go do things as well yeah and that's just like but that's also just being a person that's kind of what i meant by it yeah, you're it, more you're than that. A, you're not mom. Laundry, yeah. dinner, making, folding <laughs> person that's at my house. Not just like, a robot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, yeah. yeah no, that's that makes sense what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, I think valuing that they have interests. You know, like I know Alan likes, he loves to water ski with Brian on Saturday mornings, like early in the morning. And so that's like, he always respects me by asking if he can go. But it's more of like a, do we have anything that I need to be at? You know, kind of a, just a respectful thing. And I'm, I'm never going to say no to that. Like right. that's, it's right. something that's important to him. So it becomes important to me. What do you think, Javin? Yeah. So Erica really loves time. Like kind of like how you guys have been talking about that. She always wants time with me. Right. Right. She yeah. likes you a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. so, 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 uh-huh. She has her side gig that she kind of yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, she's she does photography, yeah. wedding photography and things like that. Um, but she'll tell me, like, hey, I just want to spend time with you even if we're not doing anything. I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 so, uh, you know, I don't really understand it. But, um, like, if there's something that needs to be done outside and, you know, yard work, tons of that going on. And she'll just be like, hey, can you just come hang out with me? And I'm like, but there's all this stuff that needs to be done. She's like, I just need time. So 
Um, and we go on, we try to get on dates, uh, you know, every once in a while. So that's, that's what we do to spice it up, I guess. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Time's dates. important though, because I, yeah. I think we do, we can easily get doing our own thing so often that we're yeah. not doing things together. For Even sure. if it's just sitting on the couch and watching a YouTube yeah. video, you know, like yeah. being in the same space, because it's easy to be in separate rooms, watching yeah. our own separate videos and never actually making yeah. any connection. This day and age, it's super easy to do. Yeah. yeah, and you don't have to sit and talk, you know, if you just need, Time. sometimes you just In the together. presence of. Yeah, in the presence yeah. of. I like that. Yeah, I think for me, I've, I've just had, to, it's a work in progress, but I've just had to work on things like body language, eye contact, and simple gestures as much as when we're talking, like my phone is down, I'm not looking somewhere else, which sounds so stupid and simple, but I feel like we all get in those habits when we've been around somebody for, gosh, half of our life for some of us, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I'm relearning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, day by day. I said literally like season of life right now. Um, Tina's kids are a little older than my kids, and my kids are a little older than Gavin's kids. Um, this last year, just as far as conversation's sake for the same topic, as far as being able to go on dates, this year Michael turned 10. Well, he's turning 11. Last year he turned 10. It's like the beginning of this year, basically. So basically, this year we got an in house babysitter and no diapers as well. <laughs> so for us, in our relationship, that was a game changer, in yeah. my opinion, because yeah. now we can sneak off and go out to dinner without paying the extra. X amount for a babysitter and everything. It's, it's expensive. It's very hard to go have somebody watch four kids. But yeah, so just in our life right now, it's like, hey, we can go on a date. It's awesome for a couple hours. It's pretty cool. So that's just a game changer in the relationship. It is the season that it is. So well, my kid appreciates babysitting for you guys. So we, my kids, she appreciates your money. Kid. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> my kids <laughs> love. She who doesn't? Who doesn't like, love Brooke? So like, yeah. yeah, yeah. My kids see Brooke up on the stand and they're like, Dad, Dad, Dad. Brooke! You're like, I know, I know. I'm so excited to see her. Like, I love Brooke. Brooke's easy to love. She's awesome. Yeah, she's a good kid. Cool. Uh, last question time. Let's go. Um, yep. All right. How has being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints helped you to better connect with the Savior, Devin? Yeah. Um, I think we kind of touched on it earlier um, with how the church has impacted my life um, and with the values that it has um, instilled in me and my family um, has really brought me closer to our Heavenly Father in the way that, um, you know, really helps us stay on the course or, you know, holding on to the rod to um, ways that we can better ourselves and make sure that, um, you know, we get to, to uh, heaven. So, um, Heavenly Father, um, through prayer, through scripture study, um, it really helped me and my family um, be at peace. Awesome. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. Thank you to our co-host today. Um, so one thing you guys might notice going into the summer, speaking of that, big topic of conversation today is that... You'll be too busy and don't have time? We'll be in and out. <laughs> yeah. we'll, be, we'll be in and out with the Connection podcast, but rest assured we're coming back strong for season two. Um, if we haven't interviewed you yet and you filled out the survey, it's because we have a backlog of like 50 people. So awesome. it's going to be a little while. Uh, Part of our getting prepared for season two is we have, I think, five people we've asked to be regular co-hosts. Tina's one of them. 
Uh, we have Lexi DeLuna, Justin M. Meyer, Josh Crook, uh, Chuck DeSoli, and I don't know, maybe Kirk Blair? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Javin Gray. Now you see me, now you <laughs> So rest assured, season two is coming. We're excited about it. We're excited about everybody listening. If you can, please like and share the podcast. It helps a lot to continue what we're doing. Uh, so thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. In this episode of the Connection Podcast, we're on most podcast carriers. So please like and subscribe. The show's art is done by Joel Boreen, and the music is provided by Drew Boreen. We look forward to connecting to you next time. Until then, take care. <laughs>